Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Just forced a fumble. Jordan Davis swallowed it whole. Now for Jack. Now for Jack. Willis. This guy's dangerous. The Magic Man, Jahan Dotson. Hello. How do you do? Nobody's going to catch Jameis and Williams. He breaks the plane. Put the show. Hutchinson. It's all here in Vegas, taking a look at the Strip. The beautiful city is alive even at 4 a.m., which is, I think, the time it is there. Uh, home of Caesars, of course. Bobby's Burgers. Kyle, ever been? Bobby's oh, hell yeah. Caesar's, great establishment in that hotel. Smash. Ooh, delicious. <laughs> Welcome place. to our show. We've got lots to get to right here. Uh, the draft is... Tomorrow? Yeah. Tomorrow. Kyle, who's more excited than you? Nobody. No sleeps, Kay. This is usually when we're on sleep count, Castle. No what? sleeps. Till no, no. We won't no. sleep Oh, tonight. you're not going to No, sleep you got to work the draft board. Okay, I get board. it. Boom, boom, boom. Matt boom, Castle boom. is here. And speaking of no sleep, let's get out to Vegas, shall we? <laughs> the lead block. Let's do it and bring in Peter Schrager, who somehow made yeah. his way to Vegas. Your beautiful view of the strip, that stage right behind it where Commissioner Roger Goodell will be welcoming in the next class of NFL stars. Joined by Tom Pelissero this morning, what's going on and what's the latest? Kay, it is great to be here in Las Vegas, joined by the aforementioned Tom Pelissero. Tom, thank you for welcoming me to your perch way atop the boulevard. It's been a pretty great week so far. I will tell you, as the week has gone on here, this was the first 3.45 a.m. walk from my room to the 18th floor here, the Cosmopolitan overlooking Las Vegas. 
where I started to see more people. There are more people pulling the late nights at this point in the week, and I would anticipate that's going to continue through the week. Yes, and there are a lot of people in the lobby wearing, like, football jerseys of all sizes, I will say. There's a lot of football fans here in Vegas right now, and they are descending upon this city, and everyone's asking me the same thing in the lobby and the casino as I'm walking through. Who are the Jacks taking at one? Who are the Jacks taking at one? And I, you know, and I ask you, Tom, who are the Jacks taking at one? That's what every general manager would like to know as well, because that's going to dictate what else happens within the top ten. We know that Trent Baalke said last week that they were down to four players, which is usually a GM's way of saying, please come up. I'd love to trade back several spots here. We know the names. We've talked about Trayvon Walker, the edge player from Georgia. We've talked about Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. They had visits with some of the top tackles, including Icky Aquanu from NC State, Evan Neal from Alabama. There's always going to be a dynamic here when you're talking about the number one overall pick, and it's not a quarterback. It's not the clear-cut pick. The owner's going to weigh in. The new head coach is going to weigh in. The general manager is going to weigh in. Somewhere along the line, you've got to get to a consensus. I would anticipate by this point the Jaguars know, but they're certainly not telling any of the teams that are drafting behind No, and there's a bit of game theory to this, and where, hey, if we keep our cards close to but I don't understand why. And that's what a lot of the questions are around the league. Like, why aren't they being clear with their decision right now? It's not like there's someone who's in front of them in the draft. They have the number one overall pick. And I have spoken to the representatives of several of the top uh, number one overall picks. They have been not told anything. In fact, multiple of them are asking me saying, hey, have you heard what the Jags are doing? But you made a point right there that I think is important for everyone to know. The owner has met with all these players. The owner, Shad Khan, is going to have a say. Trent Balky obviously has a very large voice. And you've got a new head coach in Doug Peters who I'm sure has a say as well. So as we bring it back to the table out there in New York City from here in Las Vegas, Kay, we are two of the most plugged in guys. I say that with no problem. And we're telling you right now that it is not a done deal 24 hours away from draft day who the Jaguars are taking first overall. Thank you so much, Tom and Peter. Now, there's plenty of intrigue, like the guys were saying, at number one. Lots of mock drafts have Trayvon Walker from Georgia. We had him on the show yesterday. He's going to Jacksonville. And he told us on the show how he feels about being in the conversation for number one. About that. I truly feel like it's a blessing just to be in the position uh, that people talk about me being number one, coming from a lot of people really was sleeping on me. So just to be able to be in this position, to be able to, a lot of people saying that I may go number one is truly a blessing. Matt Castle and Kyle Brandt here in Studio New York. NFL.com has the mock draft split between Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson. Yesterday, Bucky Brooks released his changing that pick for the Jags to NC State tackle Icky Aquanu. I can't blame him. Mm-hmm. And we all know Kyle Balky said there's four players. Four guys. Potentially looking at. What do you make of this? I mean, it, so that's not even including maybe an Evan Neal deal. Normally it's two guys. You know, we like Manning or Leaf. Which right. one is it? Right, it's Four guys is unprecedented. It goes deep here. <laughs> I just look at I look at Jacksonville right now. They got to get their act together. Like they got to get their life together as a team. They they're stumbling around Vegas, drunk and broke with a bloody nose. Two years in a row with the number one overall pick. Let's just set the context here. Jacksonville, four head coaches in seven years. Oof. Over the last decade, they averaged 4.2 wins a year, Oof. and that's the season. That includes a season with 10. And also, I looked at their first round draft picks, of which they've had so many and so many in the top 10. 10 players in 10 years prior to last year two of them are still on the team many of them are out of the league so what I want from Jacksonville is I want a double I want a strong solid double I don't prefer the word safe I prefer the word solid we got to get on the plane we got to get home we got to get our act together do some laundry pay some bills get dressed take a shower the idea to be like we're gonna draft the best player in this draft draft somebody who you really like Aiden Hutchinson the only slight against him seems to be that his ceiling is low which I think is nonsense to begin with I really do think it is BS, and I've talked about it. Some of his measurables compare to guys like Miles Garrett and Khalil Mack, among others. 
But I look at that guy and there is no way, just no way he's going to be a bust. I don't know if he's gonna be Reggie White, but I know he's going to be rock solid. You make plays next year, let's get to eight and eight, let's eight and nine, nine and eight, let's put together some goodwill. We're Jacksonville and we matter and we don't have the number one overall pick. So their, their last 10 years has been such a disaster, it really has, a disaster. Get on base, don't do something stupid, don't jags this up, take Aiden Hutchinson and start thinking about pick number 33, which is their second one. I think also for Jacksonville, it comes down to the biggest factor in this is production versus traits, yeah. right? When you look at Trayvon Walker, his his traits jump off the screen at you, right? His measurables, his speed, agility, the size that he is, and all those things, his versatility to play inside, outside. And so when you look at that, he's got all the traits. But not to say Aiden Hutchinson doesn't have very similar traits, but he's got the production to go with it, right? He has 14 sacks compared to Trayvon yeah. Walker's six sacks. So when you're looking at who is the right guy, do you go after the guy with all the physical traits that you think, if we just line him up in one position and let him play that one position, will he have the production at the defensive end position? Or is it Aiden Hutchinson who's gone out, done it, proved it, and you've seen it? The other outlier to me is Doug Peterson, right? When you look at Doug Peterson, and what he's done, whether it's with the Eagles when he had Jason Peters right. and Lane Johnson, or the Chiefs with Eric Fisher and Mitchell Swartz, it's been O-line. That's what his foundation of his offensive unit has been, been with. So I can see him wanting to go on the offensive line, which would really shake things up in this draft. There's no doubt about it. But uh, again, it, it's a lot of different factors that go into this number one pick for mm -hmm. Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. The biggest factor to me is that you have to have 100% conviction when you make the choice. Mm -hmm. You have to pick who is at the top of your board. And if it's Icky, it's Icky. That's not the worst thing in the world. Icky's a solid player. He could very well end up being a huge difference maker. He can play anywhere on the line. Wouldn't hurt to add extra protection for your now second year quarterback with a new head coach. I can see them making this pick the four guys they're deciding between Kyle makes me look I'm not just you know like there has to be one that sticks out of all of them maybe they're just not telling us because otherwise don't you get out of the point? one spot you have to. Right. why do you want to be in the one spot trade down but nobody wants to trade up I know and they're very familiar with being in the one spot as we know I, know. I, I have to believe the 24 hours out due respect to Peter and Tom not knowing I feel like Trent and Doug and Mr. Khan must know. Have you not narrowed it down to three yet? And if you haven't, what does that say about how your convictions about these people? I don't know. Let's 100 go. 100% conviction and don't look back. Any right. backlash, any potential blah, 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 just do it. We have Peter Schrager out there in Vegas. Uh, what do you got? I'm convinced, Kyle, that there's actually not a difference of opinion, but they're still actually battling it out a little bit. And I say battle it out because you go to those Philadelphia Eagles teams, as great as Carson Wentz and Nick Foles were, those teams were built on those offensive lines. And you think about Jason Kelsey and you think about Jason Peters and of course Lane Johnson I would think Doug Peterson would say hey offensive line we've got a blue chip guy in Icky or a blue chip guy in Evan Neal let's go there but then you think of Trent Balky who took a team and built a team that went to the Super Bowl and, and what did they have well they had freak athletes in every position and he had a history of doing that let's take a look at what Trayvon Walker is because Kyle all due respect they're not the same athlete Trayvon Walker is bigger than Aiden Hutchinson. He's got better measurables across the board than Aiden Hutchinson. But Aiden Hutchinson had the better college career, uh, comes from the football family, is, you know, is as football ready as it comes, has been a blue chip recruit, the whole thing. 
Trayvon Walker had less than 10 sacks in his college career at Georgia. Moreover, Trayvon Walker, Lance Zerline, who we love on this web on this website and NFL.com, had a mock draft in January. Trayvon Walker was at the end of the first round. So without playing a football game, Trayvon Walker went from being a late first round prospect to going to the combine, meeting with teams, to now potentially being the number one overall pick. I don't know if we've ever seen a meteoric rise like that. I think it's Icky or Walker. And if it is Aiden Hutchinson, well, so be it. They kept a pretty good secret from me. Honestly, last year, I thought Mac Jones was the pick to San Francisco. It was Trey Lance. A couple right. years ago, up until draft day, I thought it was going to be Sam Darnold. It was Baker Mayfield. Teams have done this. They've kept this close to the vest. And it's not just me. It's guys like Tom, but it's also the other GMs around the league and the representatives of these players. I could tell you that the representatives of these players do not know yet who Jacksonville is taking. And in recent years, whether it be Joe Burrow, whether it be Kyler Murray, or of course, Trevor Lawrence last year, they were well aware less than, than uh, 24. How about 72 hours out that, hey, you're going to be the first overall pick. Let's start negotiating this contract. Time for a little Whiteboard Wednesday presented by Ram Trucks. Gentlemen, yeah. on the, and Traegers, by the way, playing in Vegas. I think he's going to grab some of those flyers that are so seldom in, right on the yeah, back yeah. of them. And put them really up. decent stuff there. We'll see. Uh, that's why you write on the back of them, Kyle. Yeah. On a recent episode of the I Am Athlete podcast, George Kill shared some high praise for Trey Lance, saying he has an insane ceiling. The 2022 prospect that has the highest ceiling is who, Castle? I've got Malik Willis. Okay, right. nice. okay, he was just talking about Trey Lance, and the comparable, I'd say, to Malik Willis is Trey Lance. The, the arm strength, the size, he's got a little, he's probably in stature a little bit smaller, but he can make all the throws. He's got one of the strongest arms in the draft, but he's also a dual threat quarterback, right? He can do the RPO system. He can do the zone, zone read and all that stuff. So I've got Malik Willis as the man with the highest ceiling in the draft. All right. As long as we spent the first segment of the show handing out Lombardi trophies for combine performances, right. uh, I'll do this. This is a Jordan logo <laughs> with a Davis I at the bottom. It. He wow. is uh, 570 pounds, and he ran a 4-240 defensive tackle from Georgia. Um, I know there's some real high upsides on some of these guys. This is uh, defying physics. It, it just, you're not supposed to move that fast. And in the, and in the meantime, He's got this whole, like, I'm not moving off the D-line. You're not going to push me. You're not going to block me. I'm not saying he's a high-end pass rusher, but I'm saying he will be there with maybe one hand or two hands down and just start destroying people. Peter, you love a good combine performance. Where are you, and uh, where do you come out on this highest ceiling? Now I'm going to go with Trayvon Walker, and you talk about combine. This was the combine freak. Teammate Jordan Davis made all the highlights, but Trayvon did things at a size and a build that no one has seen before in the history of the NFL Draft Scouting Combine. So good that, as we mentioned earlier in the show, he went from being a first-round prospect to potentially the number one pick in the draft. Take a look at these numbers and at the height and weight that Trayvon Walker is. Some of the most incredible stuff we've seen. And then look at where he played. He played D-tackle. He played D-end. He played nose tackle. He played linebacker. He even played corner. In a Micah Parsons world, Trayvon Walker becomes a very compelling prospect. That's a tough comparison, but guess what? Everyone's looking for the next versatile player to play in multiple schemes. Trayvon Walker, highest ceiling. Who knows how good he can be? More on versatile players a little bit later. I mean, Trayvon Walker and Jordan Davis would make a Ram truck look like a little Tonka. They really would. Mm. Imagine that. Power Unbelievable. <laughs> you have a Ram truck. I do. You love it? I love it. All right. I love it. Just Kyle and I a while Ram ago. truck. Why don't you guys send us one over? I think over. it's awesome that Rams of all would sponsored during draft week when the Rams have no picks. It's incredible. They don't, but you know Good what they're going to they're they're steal the draft. I heard Did you hear that? Did you hear that anywhere? Yeah. First of all, 
Swoon Sawyer. I'm dying about all of it. The Rams released an incredible star-studded movie trailer for a fake heist movie about the NFL draft. We have a bit of a clip. Go check out their socials for the full thing. You remember the last time I said, just trust me? Yeah, I woke up passed out in Cabo. No, the time before that. We all made history. Damn right we did. Staff, need you on the ground calling the shots. Van, well, I need you in the van. Catch all communication. AD, I need you laser focused on the one thing you do best, complex data analytics. Nick, you're on recon. I got eyes all around. Over a million people a week visit Las Vegas. Except for next week, that number doubles because of one event. Celine Dion. You didn't just say Celine Dion, did you? <laughs> Celine Dion's a great answer. This was the most unbelievable, excessive, perfect Vegas thing I've ever seen, Kyle. They went unbelievable. For it. L.A., yeah. Hollywood, Vegas. I loved it. Multiple movie stars. You have Sawyer from Lost playing uh, Les Sneed. You got Scott Eastwood yeah. playing Sean Dennis McVay. Quaid, I believe. Is. Dennis yeah, Dennis Quaid. Quaid. Yeah. Quaid's in there. Unbelievable. I mean, it's like, and then oh, the player, my gosh. The players, you're an actor. The players acting was really on point. I actually want to see the movie. Yeah, right. Like, like, like you want <laughs> to see the movie. The you're like sitting there going, movie. like, that's Great something call. that I would Great go see and watch. There's no doubt about it. I loved it. But as we all know, it's in the vein of heist movie, so many of them based in and around Las Vegas. So I ask you, the NFL personality, that you would recruit for a heist. Who would that be? Oh. Castles 11, go. When I, when I think about this, though, I was already like constructing my own cast in my head of okay. what, what it might be like. Mm, James Harrison is my muscle. Gronk is like the comedian sure. that like creates the distraction, stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm going with Jamar Chase. Okay. All right. Why? Because look, he's young. He's elusive. He p performs under pressure. I, like I mean, I mean, we've just got we've got all the things that you need, and so he would definitely be a good guy to have on your team when it comes to doing a high smoke. You, you bring him, you got to bring Burrow, though, right? Huh? You bring him, you yeah, got to bring would, that uh, chemistry. Smoking Joe Burrow would be a huge like he'd have a big cigar in his mouth. And most heists usually end with a chase, so huh? like that's yeah. Oh, there you I, go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna think totally asymmetrically here. I was gonna go with the cheap Akib Talib thing to grab the the necklace, but in a heist, you need someone who. <laughs> low profile, the security doesn't oh, recognize, yes, yes. and that is not drawing a lot of attention. You know who I want as my entry man? This is going to seem weird. I want Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen oh. looks like <laughs> a right. stock uh, gentleman who is like in the Guess Who game. You put a hat on him and earrings. Like No one recognizes Dennis Allen. That's a head coach right there. I know, but he makes Matt Eberflus look like Bill Belichick in terms of his uh, recognizability. I think Dennis Allen would just walk right in and be like, no one notices him, totally under the radar. You need someone low-key. It can't all be Pitt and Clooney and Cheadle. You need that guy who was in the Bud Light commercial years ago, Dr. Galakowicz. Peter, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I am. Remember that guy in the Ocean's Eleven? Who do you got for your heist? I also need someone in the coaching ranks, but I need someone to mastermind this thing. Someone so bold that he'd be willing to consider drawing up some plays in the offense for a wide receiver to play running back. Someone so educated that he went to Yale. Give me new Dolphins head coach, Mike McDaniel. I want him down there in the basement working this thing with the true detective board behind him with the beautiful mind visions going on there. I want that guy. And I think Mike's a pretty good good hang. I think he's pretty cool hang. He's like the Scott Kahn character in the, in the Ocean's Eleven movies. I'm going Mike McDaniel is my pick, Kay. Shrakes, that video was nuts. They, they spared no expense. What's new? <laughs> Aaron Donald's like, okay, let's talk about my contract. Uh, well said, Peter Schrager. At GMFB with your thoughts. Kyle, I thought that they didn't care about picks.
leak them picks. But steal the yeah, draft. I don't, I don't care excited. about them picks. They want it all. The I don't care about them they picks. They have it all. All right, we are a day away from the 2022 draft. We'll talk some quarterbacks next. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. So many questions. We'll have all those answers starting tomorrow right here on NFL Network. It's the 2022 NFL Draft presented by Verizon right here in Vegas. Peter is with us for that draft. You can go to NFL.com slash draft for more info there. Our show presented to you by Ram Trucks as we sit here live in New York City and send it out to Peter Schrager. We've got Matt Castle, Kyle Brandt, myself, Kay Adams. Let's do it, Lee Block. Lee Block. Tom Pelissero joining him as well, holding it down for us in the middle of the night in sweet, sweet Vegas. Uh, what are you hearing, guys, before round one tomorrow? We are 24 hours away from draft day one, and Tom, it has been all quiet on the Western Front over here as far as quarterback buzz. It's not a typical draft. What are you hearing as we are now one day away? Every general manager, head coach I've talked to over the past couple of days has been asking the same thing. When do the quarterbacks start to go? Because 
that's going to dictate so much about how the rest of the draft falls. So you got a couple of teams in the top 10 who are at least threats. If you're gaming this out to take one, Carolina at six, Atlanta at eight. If no quarterbacks go then, well, then you're really looking probably into the teens. There's that run of picks where the Saints pick twice at, I believe, 16 and 19. Then you got the Steelers at number 20, a little bit further down than that. Some people believe Tennessee potentially could be in the mix at 26. But there's so much variance in terms of where any potential run starts or where the first one could go that nobody's really sure exactly how this is going to shake out. Now, the belief continues to be that the first one off the board most likely is going to be Malik Willis from Liberty just because the traits are rare, the big arm, the running ability, the playmaking ability, and everybody that met with him just liked him as a guy. They believe in his personality and the way that guys are going to gravitate toward him because he can be so electric. Then you've got other guys, Kenny Pickett, who everybody agrees is the most ready-made guy. He played a pro-style offense at Pitt, but the upside's a question there. I even had a head coach tell me last night he wouldn't be surprised if we look back three, four years down the line, and Desmond Ritter is the best one well, of this group. Some people like Sam Howell. He's had some love late in the process. There could be a bunch of guys who can go in the first. There might only be a couple. We're going to have to see when that run begins. Yeah, and this is one of those deals where it could be Ritter, the first quarterback off the board, and we're all like, Ritter? And it's like, no, well, Desmond Ritter won 44 games in college, and a team looked at him and met him in a, in a situation. They are like, that's our guy. It's fascinating because all along we've heard that Pickett has a connection to Matt Rule because he recruited him when he was at Temple, and Pickett was a Jersey Shore kid. And then that, of course, David Tepper went to the University of Pittsburgh and has a Pittsburgh ties, and that's where Kenny Pickett went. But the more we get closer to the draft, the less I'm hearing Carolina and Pickett, and the more I'm hearing Carolina offensive tackle. That is what you're hearing. So the one theory that Daniel Jeremiah, who uh, has been so great throughout the last few weeks, posed was something called Pickett Plus for Carolina, where maybe they can trade back into the middle of the first round, get a second round or third round pick in advantage as well, and then also take Pickett in the teens. But it's been since EJ Manuel draft, where Geno Smith also went in 2013, where I think a quarterback has been so light in this draft buzz and yet here we are and it's still as electric as ever maybe we just don't need the quarterbacks to go at the top okay I think they might go. I mean as someone who mocked Malik Willis to the Lions at two several times here on the show I think a couple of them will go that Carolina thing very interesting and then there's the whole Falcons and Giants of it all and the Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo of it all all things to keep our eyes on right here on NFL Network Tom Pelissero Peter Schrager Schrager's don't go anywhere I gotta get back to you in a second but it's really interesting let's talk quarterbacks let's talk mm -hmm, round mm -hmm. one uh, let's start with you, Castle, a quarterback for a long time okay. in the National Football League. Which team should take a QB? Carolina should take a QB, but I don't think that they will at six, right? I don't think any of these guys are valued that high in this draft that they're going to take uh, the, that quarterback at six. But I think the most realistic team that is going to take a quarterback this year is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I know that they have Mitch Trubisky and they signed him and everything like that, but if you look at Mike Tomlin, you look at Colbert, they've been at almost every one of these guys' pro days, and their entire scouting department has as well. They've also had these guys in for visits, meetings, at their facility, so they're getting to know these guys. So I think that they're serious, and when you talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, they usually are pretty open about what they're going to draft, and you saw that in that pre-draft meeting or press conference in which Colbert said the most critical position on any team is the quarterback position, and he openly said that they might add somebody. And with that being said, I can see a guy like a Malik Willis or a Kenny Pickens or Desmond Ritter, any of these guys that they feel fits their system is a guy that they can bring in and also they can give them time to develop, particularly a guy like Malik Willis. 
It's fascinating to see in Pittsburgh in this because they're one of the most well-run franchises in sports. They don't make those huge mistakes. So if they do take a quarterback, they love him. And if they don't, then we'll see him next year. Pittsburgh has a special yeah. stakes to it because they, they matter. I'm going to do this one more time before the draft until I probably do it tomorrow. <laughs> Tell me. One more time. I'm just going to get comfortable. <laughs> The team I would like to see take a quarterback with their first-round pick is the New York Giants. And I say that with a full mm. understanding that it is very difficult to admit when you were wrong, especially an organization like that, especially with Daniel Jones, who seems to be a great person, a great worker, a great teammate, and everything great. I don't think that was the right pick for them, and the real mistake is continuing to insist that maybe it was. I was watching this network recently, within the last couple of weeks, and uh, they were talking about Daniel Jones, and they were hyping him up and trying to build positive things, as we all do about Daniel Jones. And the first videotape that rolled, and this is just a couple weeks ago, was this tape. This is a great play and a great moment for them. This was three years ago, and it's not even like a clutch throw. It's just they open up and he runs and it's a nice play and they win. In trying to build the case for Dan, we cannot still be showing a play against the Jameis Winston Buccaneers in which rookie Daniel Jones had a great drive and a great play. There has to be more evidence than that than we should keep him. And I know there's plays here and there, but that is the number one moment. The other thing I'm hearing is this angle where Brian Dayball came over from Buffalo and there's his Josh Allen. He's big, he's tall, he runs around. I would submit to you that Brian Dayball's Josh Allen is the guy that can't be talked about without mentioning Josh Allen, which is Malik Willis. The same type of college program. Great running ability. Great rocket arm. Raw. We've got to work on him a little bit. Can you think of a quarterback in history, and Matt, you know a lot about this, that would be better suited to be humble and to shut up and welcome in a rookie who he knows is going to take his job more than Daniel Jones, who would not say crap if he had a mouth full of it? And I respect that about him. He is a model teammate. Please do this. Don't keep saying this is going to work. And let's just put a tackle in front of Daniel Jones, and then he's going to turn into Aaron Rodgers. It's hard to admit you're wrong. I think it's time for the Giants to do that. I've never had you. I don't think we've ever done a show together. Different like deal, this. right? Is it weird? Very weird. I feel like I'm in Jersey. I, like you're, but I feel like you're yelling <laughs> at me, and I'm like, I'm not so drafting them. Usually yeah. I, I'm peripheral. No. Nope. I just get the vein shot. Okay, so um, I'll submit this to the table. There's a lot of smoke around the Falcons taking a wide receiver, and I get it. They don't have Calvin Ridley. I'm hoping that's a smoke screen a little bit. Take a quarterback. How much sense does Malik Willis have? All the things that Kyle Brandt said about what he is the highest ceiling among all of these quarterbacks. That would be nice. They bring in Mariota to be their bridge guy. Well, a bridge only works if there's something on the other side. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. So it's just the simple facts. I took physics in high school. It's true. The ceiling is high. Put him with an offensive genius like Arthur Smith. That would be ideal. Get a wide receiver elsewhere. There's so many in this draft. I love this situation for him. He won't be off the, you know, he'll be on the bench. He's not going to be forced into action that quickly, and I love that. The Falcons, let's just be honest, they're in a period of transition. Get Malik in the building. Develop Malik mm -hmm. Willis. Let him be your franchise guy. I'm mm -hmm. not even going to say, Peter, the cute ties with him in Atlanta, but those do mm. exist. It just makes too much sense at eight to not consider it. Okay, I know they've got Mariota, but they went all in on Deshaun Watson. So it's not like they weren't looking for a quarterback of the future. And Mariota might have been their second option. So maybe if Willis is at eight overall, I mean, if you're going to take him later in the first round, you might as well take him at eight overall if you're the Falcons, especially in this draft. But I'm looking at that 20th pick. And last year, everyone in the everyone in the world had Najee Harris going to the Steelers, and he went to the Steelers. You look at these mock drafts, everyone's got Malik Willis going to the Steelers right now. And that's not saying mock drafts are right. Let me tell you why. 
because Malik Willis is everything that Ben Roethlisberger wasn't at the end of his career. He's mobile, he's got this huge arm, and he's got the ability to make plays out of the pocket off schedule. You got that in Trubisky, sure, but Willis could be something even greater. Now, I'll add to this. There was uh, the Liberty Pro Day, and our guy Ian Rappaport was there. What I look at is, who was there? Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert, the general manager, were both there and several other staff members from Pittsburgh. And that was on a day that Virginia Tech had their pro day. It was a day that several other schools had their pro day. They showed up. But I'll give you one wild card for Pittsburgh, too, at 20. If it's not Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter can do a lot of the same stuff that Malik Willis showed us he could do. And yet he has 44 career wins. And he ran a 4-3-40 when he showed up to the combine. I think Desmond Ritter's got a lot of heat now, and it's late in the draft process because of how he interviewed with teams. And at the end of the day, you meet this kid. He's got the size, he's got the build, he's got the speed. He's also a father with a wife, and he also is an adult. He is an alpha in the room for a team that went from being a non-Power 5 conference team to beating Notre Dame at South Bend and then going to the college football playoffs. In a weird draft year for quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter might end up being the first one taken off the board, and I wouldn't be shocked if it was Pittsburgh at 20 either. Draft is tomorrow, Kyle. Mm. We had some viewers take notice that your seat positioning is a little dicey. You're on the edge. Living on the edge. Uh, our viewers went so far as to say that you're levitating. On the edge. Buns of steel. I like, I'm so interested in what Solid you guys court. are saying. Solid if I was sitting back here like, ah, oh, whatever, what are the Seahawks? Yeah. I don't know. No, I'm here. I want to hear. You're, you're into I do it. it. And I refuse to move back. And the good, I can only promise this. People are like, you're going to fall, you're going to fall. At some point, I will fall. It's just inevitable. It <laughs> will happen. happen. I might even catch my chin on the table. And that'll be fun, too. So everybody wins. And you do this the whole three hours? No. I think off and on. People love to point it out. It's like that whole thing with the monster trucks. Like, pay for the whole seat. You from, only need the From edge. my vantage point, I don't yeah. see it because I have the glass table there. But that is a they wild way to live. see it at It's home. a wild way to live. <laughs> this is my life, baby. I will uh, never change. So speaking of living on the edge and being on the edge, guys, <laughs> which team's first round pick will have you looking like Kyle mm -hmm. on the edge of your seat? Kyle, you know who sits you? like this? Probably got this beautiful mahogany home office and boardroom down in Pennsylvania. I bet Howie Roseman sits just like this. Mm -hmm. Edge of the seat guy, I love Howie. That. Edge of the edge, right on the razor's edge. I don't know what the Eagles are gonna do. They have the 15 and the 18. I don't know what they're gonna do, but I know what they're not gonna do. They're not gonna do nothing. They're not gonna sit there and be like, yeah, 15, best player available, 18, yeah, a couple picks later. Howie's got something up his sleeve. It, this is too many shells to give this sort of uh, gunslinger to, to not do anything. I think he either moves way up. I think he moves way back. I just cannot see us on Friday when we're like, yeah, the Eagles at 15, they took the best wide receiver available. and 18, they took a safety. I don't know what Howie's doing, but I have this tingle in the finger that I'm like, oh, the Eagles are going to do something nuts in this draft. And they're one of the ones I'm looking forward to the most. For, for me, it's the Houston Texans. You know, Nick Casario, mm -hmm. nobody really knows what he's thinking right now, right? He's one of those mad scientists. He comes from the Bill Belichick school of thought, you know, where he, he's going to go out and he's not going to tell anybody, but he could go any which way in this draft. He could go O line. He can go corner, cornerback, and they also obviously need a wide receiver, but I don't think he's going to take a wide receiver right now. You know, I'm waiting to see who they're going to pick because 
I mean, realistically, they're building for 2023 because they've got multiple draft picks in multiple years coming up in the first round because of the draft capital. How he handled the Deshaun, situ Deshaun Watson situation in which he was able to wait, wait it out, and then finally make that trade, got more draft capital. I just think it'll be very interesting to see which way yeah. the Houston Texans go this year. And I don't think anybody really knows. Why so much mystique with Casario? Like you're in the building with him. You spent so much time with him in New England. Why such a mystery? It's still a mystery to me. I mean, I, I spent days with him and he's very personable. He, he, he'll talk to guys. He'll see you in the hallways and do all those things. But at the same time, when he was behind doors in the front office, I mean, he just has yeah. that kind of mysterious way about him. And so he's not going to come out and just tell you. And I think it's very secretive in how he goes about it. And their yeah. approach is different than mm -hmm. a lot of other teams. We're going to throw it out to Peter. I think Peter's going to go next. Or wrap up the hour here in studio in New York City. Peter, who you got? First of all, shout out to the Killers and the song The Man that yeah, we were playing on the way yeah. in here. I think that's very fitting for the number one overall pick. The Killers, of course, Las Vegas natives. But who's the man in this draft? I think it's Kayvon Thibodeau. And I say it not because I think he's the first overall pick. I think he's the most intriguing prospect. And I look at the Jets as the team at four. And I am on the edge of my seat to see if they're willing to take him or not. He met with them on Good Friday, the Friday before Easter. Had a great meeting with them. But the way this draft falls... He might be sitting there at the board at four, and the Jets have to decide whether Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be staying in that green or they're going to go a different route. You know, Mike Garofolo had a tweet earlier today indicating that Thibodeau is not the Jets' choice. I find that actually very interesting compared to what the San Francisco 49ers built with Robert Sala as their coach. Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, Nick Bosa, defensive line. The Jets' defensive line right now, it's not that. If Kayvon Thibodeau's out the, on the board at four, I'm fascinated to see if the Jets pass on him. And if they do, I wonder what those conversations were leading up to the draft. And if it was Joe Douglas making in a case for someone else, if it was the owner, Woody Johnson, or if it was Michael Floor, the offensive coordinator. It's a collective decision at four, but Kayvon Thibodeau and the Jets makes a lot of sense on paper. I'm on the edge of my seat whether they're going to actually pull the trigger if he's there. I'll just add the Panthers in the mix. Yeah. Mm, just because like Peter, it. was. this is the one team I thought, I'll take a quarterback, and he's talking about how they're going to take a tackle, mm -hmm. potentially. Like, you don't know what they're going to do. And then I think they have this weird ripple effect where they sit there at six. It's the first and most likely spot that we would see one of those quarterbacks leave. Is it Kenny Pickett? Is it the connection to rule all of that? If they take one, it's obviously huge. If they don't, how far do QB slide? Mm -hmm. right. When do we see mm -hmm. a quarterback come off the board? So their decision to me, one way or another, sort of sets the tone for the rest of how the first round plays out. Some people are saying no quarterbacks in the whole so, round. Yeah. What? People who no know. quarterbacks? <laughs> Some people uh, say no. Will, it be, will Kenneth Walker make his way into the first round? I hope so. I will like that guy. Will it be our oh, guy, so. Brees? Who knows? All right. Which team can absolutely flip the table? Mm. Edge of the seat, flipping the table. Tomorrow, Kyle Wentz danced on this table. I did, yeah. I got reprimanded for that. I haven't really? done it since. I think the table is wobbly Only makes because of you. Do it again. Seven years later. I hear we're going to get the small table sometime soon. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. 
Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game winner I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Good morning, football. We're in New York, presented by Ram Trucks. Mm -hmm. On this Wednesday, Kyle Brandt is here across the table on the edge of his seat and former Pro Bowl quarterback, Matt Kessel. Let's bring in Peter Schrager. Let's talk top ten here. What is the latest ahead of the draft tomorrow night as we say hello to Peter and Tom? Hey, guys. Okay, it's pretty cool. The sun is coming up right now. We got DJ's nightclub behind me. That's an industry spot, by the way, Tom, I've been told. And we've got the top ten that is pretty undecided right now as far as the consensus around the league. When you just take a big picture top ten, is there something that sticks out to you as either a team that might be wanting to trade up, trade back, or is there a situation where you're going to keep a certain eye on in the top ten? We certainly always look at the teams that are potential quarterback landing spots, Carolina, Atlanta being two of the obvious ones. But that was one of the unique things in this draft. Seattle at number nine. You know the last time that we saw the Seahawks drafting the top 10? It was 2010. Wow. 12 years ago, they took Russell Okung at number six. Then they came back, got Earl Thomas at number 14. They drafted Golden Tate that year. They drafted Cam Chancellor that year. That was the foundational draft for them to win the Super Bowl yeah. three years later. So an opportunity here for John Schneider and Pete Carroll at a time that they're certainly not in a rebuild mode, but a retool. Moving on from Russell Wilson, they've got a potential quarterback vacancy. Would they be willing to do something high up in this draft for a quarterback? Are there some other players that they might be able to take that are a little bit unique from other teams' draft boards, Peter, just because we haven't seen them draft yeah. that high in so no. long and Perpetually, it seems like they're always the team that's straight And out. there's not a great history of what John Schneider does in the top 10, as you mentioned, 2010. Right. But also, Schneider usually is a trade-back guy, exactly. and which leads to me to Carolina, where Scott Fitterer, who was his lieutenant in Seattle for many years, is at six. And they're sitting with just the sixth and the 137th pick. So everything you're hearing around the league right now is six might be a trade-back spot for Carolina. Seven for the Giants might be a trade-back spot, as they have a lot of needs to fill. I think the Jets are picking guys at four and ten, though. And we'll go back to you guys at the table. Want to hear what you think. Who could flip the table in this top 10? I start with a nugget. 
I have a nugget. Of all the great quarterbacks in this league, and Josh Allen and Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, what quarterback uh, had the highest passer rating in the red zone? So when the decision-making is at its premium, when it's the biggest time for a quarterback to not mess up, the highest passer rating in the red zone in the entire league, it was actually Davis Mills. I like Davis, Davis Mills. Mills. A rookie who they took in the third round, the Houston Texans. Okay. It's an incredible stat based on how he played last year. The reason I bring it up is that Houston is now again at three. And I think they're really, really unpredictable. And I think it zags here. Every single mock to a man, to a woman, it has them taking a tackle. Peter's mock does. They're all tackles. Last year, I think we have to revisit this, was the shocking moment of the draft with the context of whatever was going on with Deshaun Watson. The Texans had like one pick and the whole thing was in the third round. And when it happened, it was shock and awe and Rich Eisen asking the same question over and over and over, which we're really still trying to get an answer to. The 67th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. My Houston Texans select Davis Mills, QB from Stanford. Go Texans, baby. All right, so now what's up with that? I mean, what's up with the Texans not having any choices in the first and second round? And then when they finally get one, they choose a quarterback. What is up with that? I cannot stress this question enough. What is up with that? Let me, hold on. Let me go ahead and put another accent on, on another one of the words. What is up with that? Mm -hmm. And it was a great question at the time. The Texans knew what the deal was, and like, we got to take this kid. He turned out to be actually really good. Mm. So now you're sitting there, and you have Lovey Smith. There's a team that didn't really have a real season last year. I, I don't even know if it really counted. It was so strange, and now they're back. I still think they're a wild card. I think they're a big potential to trade back for someone who's super quarterback thirsty. I also think every single person having to take a tackle, I don't know who they're going to take, but I know Lovey Smith for years. Lovey Smith loves pass rushers. It, it, it is, he is obsessed with them. I think that they will take Kayvon Thibodeau. That is my from-the-hit gut pick that they will take Thibodeau. Unless Trayvon Walker is somehow there, I don't think it's going to be a tackle. I do think they will be an unusual one at three. It's the sleepy Houston Texas pick at three. I think there will be fireworks there based on their, their history recently and their, uh, their convictions moving forward. I think it's going to be the Giants. I think they're, they're a prime trade-down candidate at seven. They're going to keep that fifth pick and go whichever way, but they're going to pick up more draft capital, not just this year, but also potentially next year. They could be the agent of chaos sure. in this year's draft yeah. because there's going to be a team, whoever it is that wants to trade up for maybe a QB, wide receiver, edge, O-line, whatever position that they deem, they can trade back out of that seven pick and pick up a ton of more draft capital, especially with Brian Dable and them starting this new, I mean, this new outlook on that franchise. It'll be very interesting to see what they do with that seven pick because I really do think that they could trade out of that position. How about the Lions? They're at two. If they decide to go quarterback, uh -huh. mm -hmm. Lions fans are going crazy on me for mocking Malik Willis. They're just a quarter. They don't want the quarterback. They're like, we have Jared Goff. Mm -hmm. Find somebody mm -hmm. later. Build a team around. And then when you draft a quarterback. Down the line, years from now, when Rodgers is retired, probably what they're yeah. thinking, we'll be ready for him. We'll have a good team to sort of bring him into the National Football League. If they go quarterback, everyone's heads are going to explode. Mm -hmm. uh, I've really heard it from Lions fans. I just think it's interesting because they have to find their franchise quarterback, Kyle, at some point, and they're picking at number two at the top. Their double head explode will be if the Jaguars don't take Aiden Hutchinson and then the Lions also don't take it. Right. Then you get all that Michigan stuff, and Campbell <laughs> loves them. That's the real head explode. You mean explode. your head's going to explode? It will.
Look, Kay's right. I mean, Jared Goff is not having anyone jump out of bed in the morning and say they're going to the mm. Super Bowl. If they love Malik Willis and they see him as an upgrade, like, I, I could see that. If they wait till 32 and they take a quarterback, I could see that. So Detroit, Kay, you're not crazy at all. It, it, if we were doing a mock draft right now and there was a quarterback of the caliber of last year's class, whether it be a Mac Jones or a Justin Fields, I think a lot of people would be saying Detroit quarterback at two. question is if it's too rich. I look at the top 10. I wonder if there's going to be a new team in that top 10. And I look at the wide receiver position. There are four A plus blue chip wide receivers in this draft. There are the two Ohio State kids, Alave and Wilson. Then there's the old Ohio State kid, Jamison Williams, who's now at Alabama. Then there's Drake London. There's four of them. The Green Bay Packers will not get one of those players at 22. The Kansas City Chiefs will not get one of those players at 29. Both of those teams have two first round picks. The Packers at 22 and 28, the Chiefs at 29 and 30. Would they be willing to package those picks and move up into the top 10 and get their teams, the wide receivers, they so covet and so need? I would add one more team in there. The New Orleans Saints have the 16 and the 19 pick. Do they move up and they get a Chris Olave or a Drake London or a Garrett Wilson or Jamison Williams? I think a team trading up to get one of those four wide receivers is very interesting. Top 10 might sound rich, but if the Packers don't get a wide receiver at 20, Mm -hmm. I think there will be some heads exploding out there in Green Bay. The draft continues. The coverage continues right here. Do not go anywhere. More Good Morning Football on the way. And we'll be back for a four-hour show tomorrow. Hey! Ooh. Look out. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.